Thanks for tuning in, guys. We had a few issues with our primary mic this week, so we had to use our backup. But keep listening, because our guests this week are really, really funny. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hot Chocolate Media Movie Machine podcast. I'm joined today by three very talented individuals. First up, we have David Trailer, who was uh, Ryan Reynolds' ass double on Green Lantern. It's true. true He's going to be a writer today. Thank you. Yeah. Then we have Kirsten Wade, who's the fourth unit director on Dirty Grandpa. She's going to be our uh, director today. Some of my best work. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have Kyle Decker, who was the uh, real-life character model for Shrek. He will be our producer today. All right. Let's see what the, the plot is that we're going to be working with today. The theme of this story... Surreal transformation. The main characters, illogical official and hysterical minor. The major event of the story, repentance. Illogical official and hysterical minor. Hysterical minor. Minor as in works in mind. Up to you. One hundred percent up to you. Okay. David, you have three minutes. Okay. Uh. Um. This is a. This is a. This is a coming together story. Uh, from two different ends of the political spectrum, you have a illogical official that is somebody who's supposed to uh, be in charge of, say, uh, he, 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 he's, he's an environmental control official, but he's not doing his job because he's being paid off by the greedy corporations who are intent, for some reason, on destroying planet Earth. Now, um, the, uh, the, the minor, the adjective minor, <laughs> uh, what was that again? Uh, illogical. Illogical minor. Now, illogical official, hysterical minor. Illogical official and hysterical minor. There. <coughs> um, so the, the the illogical official is that he's very he's, he's very illogical. He doesn't see the logic of keeping planet Earth around. Instead, just sees money. So it's it's going to be very much a green Aesop kind of thing. Um, now the hysterical minor is actually a political protester. Uh, think, think very Occupy. I'm thinking, you know, kind of uh, Ramona Flowers. Um, I'm, I'm thinking very much Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That's her name. Um, for this, you know, very rah uh, rah. I'm 22. Uh, I'm in college, and I know exactly how everything needs to be fixed. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, doesn't very kind of naive. Doesn't quite have a, a, a full view of the world. Now they get stuck in an elevator, and they have to kind of. Uh, Due to being thrown together in this circumstance, they kind of have to um, they, they have to transform each other. You know, you uh, you have to kind of have the wiser older gentleman, uh, and, and well, maybe he's not a gentleman. I I kind of picture him to be quite a jerk, actually, um, oh, like Dane Cook with wrinkles. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody you really love to hate. I'm not. I'm. I'm we'll we'll see. We'll see uh, what the director says about that one. But um, and uh, so kind of has to. Uh, wake up this naive youngster to the realities of the world as we see it, and um, she has to kind of get him to think beyond kind of uh, just dollars and cents kind of thing. Uh, it's a heartwarming story, and uh, uh, we uh, there's a there's a, there's, a, there's a hashtag that you tweet at the end of the film, uh, you know, to promote um, environmental justice. 
right. Yeah. Hashtags. All right, Kirsten, you have three minutes. Um, I think this is fantastic so far. I think that there's a really good base, but um, I kind of want to give it my own little spin. You know, what I've been known as being really good for are great effects, um, both explosions, explosions of comedy, poop jokes, and fire explosions as well. So I'm thinking using a very liberal definition of as explosion. the as the officials are uh, the officials being paid off by corporations who want to destroy the earth. I would like it if these corporations literally wanted to destroy the earth. And the elevator that they're stuck in, it's not a simple elevator. Uh, they're stuck in a, uh, a mining elevator. So we're sort of bringing in the other definition of miner here as they are getting in that elevator to go to the core of the earth, trying to decide if it's worth it or not to mine that core for, um, let's, let's, let's name it ridiculous pain, uh, is, is the, um, uh, the element that they have to get, which is worth a lot of money, because you can put it in uh, gold-plated vibrators, which the rich are very into this season. So uh, this this Mary Elizabeth Winstead character, I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. I think that she's a great choice. However, I would like to get just a little bit more star power, a little bit more oomph. And mm. um, I am a fan of the um, the comeback. So, okay. yes, um, you know, I like to take uh, old actors and actresses and people that you just haven't seen do anything for a while and kind of get them on screen again, let us see what they have, what their chops are. Mm -hmm. So if I could get an um, Amanda Bynes, Amanda Bynes. back and play that character, yes, I think that she would really be able to bring that sort of neurotic, hysterical sort of view to to our um, young earth-minded uh, protester, and uh, so they're going into this elevator shaft. They're trying to physically stop the corporations from blowing up the earth. As they transform each other, I think that this should culminate in. As again, I am more familiar with uh, great comedy masterpieces. Um, I would like it if they had to physically transform into each other. So we see them finally after an hour of real good, good dialogue. They come out of this elevator. They emerge into the corporation's earth mining, blowing up laboratory. Him dressed as Amanda Bynes. Her dressed as oh, who do I see in this role? Um, I uh, oh what? Who's that guy who was in uh, Deadwood? The the. Um, oh, um, Ian McShane? Yeah, Ian McShane, I think, would be fantastic. And I, I think Not a good-looking man. No, no, but I, I think that he would be perfect for this type of role. And then seeing that transformation of him wearing Amanda Bynes' sweaty, patchouli, wool dress, I think would really speak to the audience, and it would speak to that transformation. And we're out of time. Okay, really quick before I move on to Kyle here. David, I need a title for this film. Oh, the title of this film is um, uh, um, Becoming You. Okay. Kyle, you have three minutes. So, I have your script and I have the director's vision. And I think we're kind of split. Part of it sounds like an indie flick kind of uh, bottle episode where it all happens elevator. Then I hear action movie and taking on a earth-destroying corporation. So I think we really need to embrace the action movie vibe if this movie is going to make any money. 
because no American audience is going to watch one hour really good dialogue in a mining elevator, no matter how good looking or medieval the people are. So that in story, they can be in the elevator an hour plus, but we're going to go back through all the flashbacks of our, our Occupy character showing how she got to this mine through all of her eco-terrorism. Uh, I want to make her like the leader of like an eco-terrorist sect. They're not really terrorists because she, she and her sector are actually trying to stop this corporation, destroying the world. So they are the rebels to the evil empire here, but it's just, you know, an earth-destroying corporation, and she is the pr Princess Leia of a new eco-friendly generation. Uh, so she's going to be more kick-ass and everything. So I don't know if Amanda Bynes is appropriate for that. And I think uh, movie eyes starting to embrace diversity a little more. So I would like to cast Rinko Kukuchi from Pacific Rim instead. So she has the action shops. She is a little, and we can get her for cheaper because she's not as big of a name. So they're there. But uh, if they're going to switch clothes, you can't have the villain be a, not a pretty man. So, but I think I think Do I think Dominic West could pull this off. Dominic um, West he, of of Punisher Warzone and The Wire, uh, uh, Detective McNulty from The Wire. Oh, fantastic British actor can do any voice you want, and I'm pretty sure he has a great pair of legs. So if he has to pull off, you know, he, sandals he, with hemp clothing, does he look probably surly. could. Does exactly. look very surly. Yeah. So you can have them, and and he can pull off evil. Or at least incompetent, surly evil, surly evil, yeah, uh, guy, pretty well. I'm gonna set your budget. This is a, a action piece, but it's kind of a budget action piece because we're not doing the biggest names, but we can have a few good special effects. We can have you know one of the studios that's desperate for money and really underbid them. You know, one of the special effects movies for like three amazing. You get three amazing shots, director. Like special effects, you can go balls to the wall for three shots to get aside what they are. We give you $70 million. $70 million. But like I said, the action pieces have, are all flashbacks back to the environmentalist fighting corporation. Yep. Accumulating with a final takedown a la Death Star trench run, okay. but in a mine with two people on foot. And, and that's the okay. accumulation. Okay. The, the young person guided by the old Obi-Wan Kenobi type. Who is actually really terrible, so he's more like a Qui-Gon Jinn going to take down the evil corporation. Alright, so that's your three minutes, Kyle. We're gonna go back to David for okay. three minutes here. Alright. Whenever you're ready. You know, you know, I, I, I really set out to try and make a serious film about two people who wanted to become different than they currently were. Now, um, you've kind of sold me though on this on this kind of grander scale concept, so um, you know, it, it, there's possible, already I'm seeing, um, there's a possible love triangle connection kind of thing. Maybe there's a really, really hot, like, ripped, um, uh, protester, you know, in, in the whole Occupy. I'm thinking like a Fossbender or like a, um, or like a Professor X, um. Uh, How about Thor's younger yes, brother? Yes, yeah, John, what? Thor's younger brother. Oh, he's in everything. He's he's really cheap. And he's that. I there you go. So like you got you know you got that guy, and then you got like you know the kind of the more uh, paternal influence of the the uh, the um, Dominic 
Dominic West. Yeah, I think that's also Logan Fincher, okay. honestly. Those two characters are no, so I, interchangeable. I, I'd sooner go, if Either you, if you one. go prettier, go prettier, right? Um, I don't know if William Fincher's prettier, but they're both pretty interchangeable. But, yeah, but, but, you have, but you have him saying, it's like, oh, maybe the eco-terrorism is, isn't such a great idea, and then you have, you know, this uh, Liam Hemsworth character is like, no, no, like, ah... No, we need to kill all of them. You know, I'm 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 the I'm the alpha male in this film. Um, so I can I can sort of I, I can see that being written in, but I'm also seeing that like why not go grander? I can do you one better in terms of uh uh in terms of uh, scale. You know, um, why does it need to be a mining elevator? Why not it be a mining elevator that goes to space? It is a mining space elevator. So. The evil corporation isn't just based on the... They're not even based on the planet Earth. They're based in a space station above the planet Earth, and they are threatening to destroy the very planet. They won't even be affected. It's a perfect um, Aesop parallel, you know, because they, even if the Earth is destroyed, they won't have any stake in it, and it makes them really cold. So, yeah. Space Corporation. Anything else you had? we got 40 seconds. Um, I think I think the title is still good. It's um, I, I think the title can lead people to believe they're going to see a certain kind of movie, and then they're seeing a completely different movie, and everybody loves that. All right, Kirsten, you have three minutes. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say that I refuse to work with Dominic West. I have worked with Dominic West. I will never again work with Dominic West. He came over. We had a wrap party and um, my cats don't like them and I'm going to be I'm going to be straight with you right now I absolutely do not trust a man that my cats don't trust so I'm thinking if we want to get some sort of more authority father figure it really looks like he's taking money from quote unquote the man uh, but you also want someone who looks good in a dress I'm going to put forward Charles Dance mm. um, I I set up the catering table for the Ali G show, and seeing him in the uh, miniskirt, it's really inspiring, I think. And I think that you could, you could even give him a little, maybe just a little thigh tattoo, you know, something that says, uh, the Grateful Dead live on, or, you know, maybe, maybe we could get a, um, uh, fear and loathing quote, you know, something to show that in his heart, once upon a time, he himself was more in tune with the earth and more willing to uh, to, to help the Occupy movement. So, um, again, it'll just give the audience another little reminder. Aha, looking at him in that patchouli wool skirt, seeing that Grateful Dead tattoo, he's not so different from you. He used to have a heart. So, I like the idea of the space elevator. I'm thinking that one of our big major scenes could be up in space. And perhaps they have decided that it's okay to destroy the Earth because there were aliens who wanted to buy this element from them. And so they're going to be making interstellar money um, and screwing their own planet in the process. And so if we could just have this great, almost um, Independence Day-style scene where we just see this large alien craft hovering over... Uh, Maybe we could do Washington D.C., but I think that's a little trite. So um, why not hovering over Kansas? You know, really down home, 
uh, blowing up cows and things like that. People like cows. They're cute on Yeah, the they are. Yeah, especially if they're flying around. Uh, I would like another huge expensive scene to be at one of the protests. Maybe um, people start using uh, tear gas. There's people running, screaming. Uh, our Rinko Kikuchi is looking for her boyfriend, who I would like to put forward Jason Momoa. He looks like he can handle an action movie a little bit better than Fast Bender. Uh, much as I like Fast Bender, he's starting to get a little worn out. Um, and then, of course, the third shot would have to be the planet blowing up, because perhaps we don't win. Maybe maybe we see our heroes um, dress, coming to the aliens to try and convince them of what they should do. All right, Kyle, you have three minutes. All right, um, I'm gonna have to ask the sci-fi here. I don't think seventy million dollars we can build an elevator to space. Uh, that that's more than one shot to, to establish. They took in sure, a really, green screen. Yeah, I don't want to go the Lucas route. That's just okay. that that didn't turn out very well for me. So them. all effects to be practical. Um, they don't have to be practical. I just don't want to do an elevator to space. Maybe a rocket ship. Okay. Or a ramjet, but not an elevator. Because that's just silly. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson would bring us to task on Twitter if we did an elevator to space. To be fair, an elevator to space is a lot more fuel cost effective than a rocket. You know, it's, it it's could be the way it's structured. The, the Earth rotates. I just, I could see, okay. I could see Tyson going to task on us. You know, okay. You don't really don't want, want to ar- anger, anger his Twitter army. But, but if he, he likes, if we do some research on an accurate ramjet or some yeah. kind of spacecraft, we could maybe get him on his side and say how much he enjoyed the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I'm okay. I'm not tied to Dominic West. I just wanted to get a career character actor, mm-hmm. and you know what, Mr. Dance, that brings in the Game of Thrones audience. Yeah. And we do Liam Hemsworth. I, I'm gonna stick with him because that brings in the Hunger Games yes, audience. Yes, it does. Wow. We also have the Pacific Rim audience, so we're hitting so many different demographics that people can be confused initially, and then we'll see the movie out of confusion. Wondering why all of these actors are in one market market. together. That is an environmental piece that is also an action piece with aliens. Um, So I think this movie will be received one of two ways. And I think either way, publicity is good. It's always going to be seen as a hodgepodge mess with no idea what genre we were doing. Or if we really execute and focus down and just get fantastic performances from the actors we cast, which I think we will, we'll, we'll see it as an eccentric character piece. Yep. I think we wanted to make a surreal movie anyway that initially bakes the audience in as just an environmental commentary piece and then ends in a great sci-fi epic okay. with a huge explosion of a mothership. Yep. Not over Kansas, that's boring, but hey, if we want to mix it up and not be trite, let's just blow up Salt Lake City. Yeah. I mean, we literally can't piss off Mormons. Yeah. So that's great. So, but it's a major American city. We can have them like the spaceship come over where they did the Winter Olympic Games, like blow up. Oh yeah. Slope. We even have a, a scene where the the heroes escape down the ski jump. Oh my From God. the aliens potentially. That on like a snowmobile. Yeah, or on a snowmobile. Yeah. Because it's, it's Salt Lake City, Utah. We could do and yeah, and then the evil corporation could be a mine nearby. We filmed the whole thing in Utah. Mm. And I, that's cheap. Do lots of alien lands. Exactly. So I think, yeah, we, we turn this, you know, we, we bait them in thinking it's one movie and then make it into another one mm. with these actors bringing in all the different mm. genres. I think we have a real winner, or at least we'll make our money back and not get fired. For all sure. Right. DVD right. market's going to explode. So I have a couple minutes to kind of sum up where we are, and uh, uh, 
after reflection, last minute changes as it goes. Um, so, so far we've got a movie that is um, halfway between Avatar and Independence Day, but all on Earth. Um, which which could be good, you know. There's some there's some fine elements in there. You got some good cast in there, a decent amount of money. Uh, I think what I want to know is a little bit more about the the plot involved and how the, the audience is going to feel walking out of the theater, um, so that we can figure out, you know, if this is something that's going to stick with people, if this is something that people are going to buy on DVD as well as go see in the theaters, um, and sort of um, you know get more. Get more into the actual production aspects of the the piece. You got some really great, you know, overarching things, um, and a few elements that I think will will bring people in. So I think that's pretty important. Um, I did have a question for uh, Kirsten. You you mentioned that your specialty is uh, explosions. So I'm wondering what's what's going to be your showpiece explosion in this, this My section? showpiece showpiece explosion. Um, I mean, if if I could blow up the earth, that would be my dream. If we are focusing more on practical effects, then blowing up the earth might take um, a little bit more out of our budget. Um, I, I don't need to be able to relocate an entire planet full of species. The logistics are a nightmare. So um, perhaps perhaps we could blow up mm, just the moon. Something that you know people will see, oh, there used to be a moon there. Why yeah. isn't it? Ah, the Becoming You movie. Let's go watch that movie <laughs> again. And I think that if we can if we can get a really good large scale and lasting practical explosion effect like that, we can really draw an audience from when it comes. Isn't that a brilliant idea? That we can make this title work. Yeah. What if the aliens translate they call themselves the you? Ah. Oh, and so at the end, why people realize that it was the aliens working on a plot to make Oliver becoming you. Th Th that is not a bad idea. I, yeah. I was thinking about the title, actually. I didn't know if I wanted to change the title to just Planet. Like it's no, no, I think no. we keep no, it becoming right. you. Yeah, the yeah. You have two I was right the first time. Yeah. I'm sorry? You have two minutes. All right. Um, your last section. Yeah, I, well, I was going to talk about the title, but um, now that you mention it, Becoming You turns out to have been a kind of like a nugget of gold right there. Um, nugget of gold. I, you know, the thing is that nowadays sci-fi can be unrelatable. We don't see how the lessons we learn in a sci-fi movie can really apply to our daily lives. And what I think that this, what we need a big green slap in the face of corporate America. You know, um, we need some kind of really, because this, this movie's going to be the one to do it. You know, um, Dances with Wolves didn't do it. Um, Last Samurai didn't do it. Avatar sure didn't do it. You know, if, if there's going to be any single film that is going to stop the destruction of our mother earth, this is going to be it. I, I'm, I'm absolutely confident about that. That's all I have to say. Space elevator. Okay, Kirsten, you have two minutes. Well, really there are a couple things that I think that we need to remember and sort of draw back and focus on. If we want to keep this as a sort of um, a movie with a message, another uh, great character drama, I think we need to be careful that we don't, we don't develop the characters too realistically or too well. People don't want to see it. People don't think it's interesting. I don't want people walking out of the theater thinking, oh, that's Cloud Atlas, but now we don't have a moon. <laughs> <laughs>
I I want there to be perhaps a goody sidekick. Um, and uh, if we could get some sort of witty sidekick, maybe there's an alien that uh, wants to follow the main main hidden character around, our uh, Miss Rizzo Pucci, and uh, it's got some sort of catchphrase. Something uh, we could sell toys for would be fantastic, and also that would be more advertising for the movie. I really want to make the next big cultural phenomenon. I don't think this movie is going to be a cultural phenomenon, but I like the idea of a alien sidekick because with the word the title becoming you it should initially just be a regular actor who looks human who's but it's an alien some kind of shape-shifting thing learning the ways of our people and then he does a big cgi reveal and then we get our toy and everything but to properly have an actor to play that awkward you're not sure if he's human or knows how to deal with actual people well you're going to cast paul dano for that because he I mean, I he may actually be an alien, so it may be a perfect <laughs> casting. So if you you know, he can just sit there and we can just get these great looks of Charles Dance glaring at him every time he says something really weird, where Charles Dance immediately expects there's something wrong with this kid. Is this different from all the other Charles Dance glares? Because I think he only can glare. You know, it's it's a look. We'll, no, get he's, great, he's, we'll get some great. We'll get some great shots and close-ups of the glare. Yeah, people will love it. Oh, so, for sure, for sure. Um, we'll call it the Lannister Lear. It'll be okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, like you know, Paul Dano just has that great awkward chemistry that just makes you want to beat him to death with a bowling pin uh, or a, or a spool of copper wire. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> and honestly, if you're going to make an adorable. Feeling sidekick, you should really want to beat him to death with a blunt object. Mm. Doing right. Because right. you know, as bad as Jar Jar Binks was, we're still talking about it today, and that's an enduring character on our psyche. I hate that so, you're right about that. We just have to make Jar Jar Binks without making him completely detestable, only moderately detestable. Unless he dies horribly in the end. And then every yeah, and then we make him just as detestable, and he dies horribly in the end. Maybe in a redeeming quality. <coughs> So no one can actually feel bad because he got, like, ripped apart. He sacrifices himself for her. Yeah, like, he throws but, himself in, like, yeah. like this big, earth-destroying like grill. Yes. And his, like, his gunk, his alien goo. And I want the camera up to the really gears, focus in on and, the And, like, adds it and shuts it down. The world-destroying machine trips up on the comic relief character's entrails. Yeah, well, because his entrails are acid or something like that. Like, yeah. Or, or, like or when his blood hits... It's metal, it turns into stone, which causes the drill to bust apart. Something, there's a great special yeah. effect scene. Yeah, maybe his blood looks like roots, you know? Yeah. So that so, the, the, the green roots destroy the evil steel machine. Exactly. Symbolism. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. he could be like Groot. People love Groot. Last thought. I'm about to wrap it up here. Anything else you want to add, Kyle? Um, I love this movie. I would watch it in a heartbeat. All right. I just want to see Paul Dano die. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, so I get a couple minutes. Yeah, movie, you monsters. <laughs> I, this movie did well. Sure. I kind of sum up. <coughs> so I think we have an interesting story, something that hasn't been seen a whole lot in movies. Um, it really kind of threw me for a loop there at the end with Paul Dano and his weird death. Um, I don't know how to factor that into my, my analysis. <laughs> But <laughs> I think if this movie has enough people in it that some people will go to see it in the theaters. Um, it'll be people from various different walks of life. She's done a good job bringing people in. 
but I think it's strange enough that it won't stick with everybody. It'll be kind of like a you know a, a cult classic, or you know some people will like it, not everybody will. So I think this movie will just make its money back with a combination of theater and you know DVD, VOD, um, boys sales, international market, a little bit of international market as well. Um, <clears throat> and then maybe since your you know your marketing uh, style was confusion, um, I will I will liken this to Cloverfield, which that was their marketing strategy. So maybe uh, eight years from now you'll get like a really weird sequel with John Goodman in it. I would like John Goodman to be around then. Yeah, I would like yeah. that. <laughs> so I'm worried about. It. So I think you guys just just barely made your money back. Um, <coughs> I think one of the one of the toys will become controversial. Um, you know, it'll become like a choking hazard, or like it'll look too much like a penis or something, and then people well, will freak out about it, and that'll the, work out in your favor. Annoying alien character will actually have a hollow space inside the toy that just fits a cherry bomb. Mm, okay. <laughs> I like it. I like Little it. entrail packets. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was such an iconic point in the film. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us today. We're going to wrap up here. Uh, I will turn it over to Kyle for our, our new little idea that we had called the Fieri Finisher, where we get a quote of wisdom um, from the, the very, very special person, Guy Sage. Sage, everybody. Yeah. Shut the front door, Tatum O'Neill. That's dynamite. All right. <laughs> See you guys next week.